The Center for Minorities in the Mathematical Sciences presents Mathematically Uncensored. Where our talk is real and complex, but never discreet. This is Pamela Harris. This is Eris Winger. And you're listening to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex. But never discreet. We did it. We did we it. We did it. <laughs> y'all, y'all do not like, know. Y'all, yeah, don't, y'all know don't know what it took. No, don't know. For us to get the show started. That's right. <laughs> No, this is so great. Uh, I mean, through I mean, for a year, uh, a year, a year of you know having pretty smooth introductions. It was good to have our last show be uh, adventure. Yes, it was an adventure. Yeah. Yes, for yes, sure. yes. Hello, everybody. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was great. Tech- technology issues, but I, we. Are, I'm just happy to be here with you. And as we think about our last show of the year, I, again, it's funny because. We just had Thanksgiving where it's clear to, you know, give thanks at that point. But the end of the year is also something special in which you get to reflect back. And I'm just, again, so thankful to spend this time with you. Thank you. The same feeling. Uh, You already know it's mutual. Yes, of course. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. What's going on? I Tell me everything's done. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the semester's over, finally. Yeah. Uh, I yes. still have to enter grades, but, you know, that's that's manageable. Um, so yes. I'll be doing that. You know, when you have four students, it's it's much easier to grade. It's a huge privilege that, you know, I get I get a small start, a small number of students to start off my my time um, mm, at UW-Milwaukee. Mm. And so that's been really lovely to kind of get some time to reflect on just that opportunity that I don't feel like I have gotten in a very long time to just have yeah. like a core set of students that I really like and enjoy working with. And, yes. you know, that we spent the whole term just doing research, which is why I became a mathematician. Right? Yes. Like I spent the semester at at a place where research is very highly valued and it's highly prioritized and people are interested yeah. in talking math in the hallway. It had been a long yes. time since I, I had that beast really a key part of my job. So do they get evaluations? Do they still fill out evaluations? Because I know if the, if the class is too small, then some people don't hand out evaluations. Then oh, you know no. I, we we give them out. Yeah. We, okay, we good. give them out. I mean, I was told I good, had good. to, you know, like the, the envelope showed up in my mailbox. And so I handed them out in class. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's still by paper. It's by paper. It is by paper. Wow. So okay. yeah, UW Milwaukee does a by paper um, evaluate teaching evaluations, and then okay. for online courses, there's an online version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of ours are online. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and and you know this week it's it's really great the way that the semester ended for me. So you know the semester ends and I got on a flight and I went down to Texas State. Shout out to all the the ramp people. Down oh my god, there. you did all um, of that stuff. How was that? It was amazing. It was amazing. So you know, working with a group of math educators who are trained in proof comprehension and trying to understand yes. like what does it really take for students, but really for all of us to say that we truly comprehend a mathematical proof. Yes, and to have 
that opportunity to train with folks whose research is exactly this was so eye-opening, you know, in the way that I also engage with my own students and the way that I comprehend in the way that I determine whether I've understood something. Um, So I'm leaving, you know, a a two-day workshop on that feeling just super refreshed, but also just reinvigorated in the fact that collaboration between math PhDs and math education PhDs can just be a fantastic opportunity for synergy in ways that we don't often see. Yes. You know, I don't have the opportunity often to work with a lot of math educators. And the more I I find my people with math education PhDs, the more that I realize like, how I would have loved to have had that community oh much earlier God. on. Yes. And how yes. much better of an educator I am after every single interaction with them. Yes. And I yes. just want to say, you yes. know, huge, huge shout out to, to shout Paul Dawkins for, for inviting me to the team. And I'm just really excited that you get to experience this in January. Yes, no, so I'm looking forward, looking forward to it. Looking forward to yeah, hearing, hearing your, yeah. your take on it. And now yeah, I'm no. in California. With tech oh. difficulties because I'm in Monterey, you know, coming Ooh. to the West Coast Number Theory Conference. Um, oh, love so yeah, it. so I'm like literally closing out the the year, doing you know this very hands on active you know math education you know yeah. research, and then I move on to coming to like a, a math research conference where we're thinking yes. about some new problems, and and I'm here with a you know the you know the wonderful Kimberly Hathaway. Um, oh, so I amazing. get to close out my term, you know, working with her this weekend. That is so, great. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Great, great, great. So you have me thinking about, about, this has me thinking about proof in general and how in two ways it is, um, you know, it, it's the bedrock of the mathematics in, in this Western society in which we grow up in, right? That we, and it's the primary requirement under which you are judged as a mathematician, right? And so a lot of ways, you know, my best friend, Michael Young, is always just like, you know, the marker is, what did you prove? What did you prove? What did you show? What did you... And if, if you're not proving stuff, then then you are, you're going to be viewed as lower on the, the scale. And, and so proof... So I've been thinking about it as a tool, and I've been so ingrained that, of of that notion that mm-hmm. if that's the marker, how do we keep that type of scale and make mathematics more inclusive? Right? Mm-hmm. Because if, if mm-hmm. in the back of our minds, we're thinking, you know, we have lots of people in our community who say, you know, who want to hear, you know, who will, you know, listen to all the other stuff, but ultimately in the back of their mind, it's like, well, wait, what have you proven? Yeah. Right. What have you proved? Yeah. And it's like, how do we balance? Yes, that's important. But also this person belongs as a mathematician for these other reasons, too. And what are those other reasons? And can we uplift them to be just as important as what if, what have you proven? Yeah, no, this is really interesting because I think part of what I'm hearing you say is that there are some cultural norms around proof writing. And if we hold I mean, so why do we hold proof to the standard of this is you being a mathematician. Yes. And and to be honest, I don't know that I absolutely agree with this. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Okay, so I think we could have like an entire competing episode perspective yeah. on, mm-hmm. on whether proof is the marker of, of being a mathematician. And I say that mm-hmm. because, 
You know, some of our incredible applied mathematicians don't have a begin theorem, state theorem, end theorem environment mm-hmm. in their papers. And I don't mm-hmm. think that that is the making or the marker, sole marker of being a mathematician, right? I yeah, think there's yeah. a, there's sets and you take the union of that and that's what yeah. makes you a mathematician rather than, you yeah. know, you must be at the intersection. But it makes me think, right, like how do we define a, math, a mathematician is really tied to how do we define mathematics? And yeah. the problem that I see with this is, is that if we think that proof is the most important part to becoming a mathematician, if, if a set of people believe that, then yeah. how are we going to begin to discern, you know, what a proof really is? Because let's talk about this chat GPT. There's yeah. AIs now out in the market who you can ask, write me a proof for the infinitude of the primes. And within 10 yeah. seconds, it has an access to an incredible amount of information and it can learn and it can generate better proofs mm. than what we could do in yes. five minutes, you know? Yes. Or maybe yes, in yes, an yes. eternity. And so yeah. I guess there's this challenge that's really, that we really need to confront as a math yes. community. Yes. What is a mathematician and really what is mathematics? Yes, that's right. I think that's absolutely right. And I thought, as we talked about in a production meeting, I, and, and in general, I've been devastated in our response to technology coming in and being able to do a lot of these things for us. Because let me just be clear, what, what what's going to happen in every proof class now is that there will be some subset of students that will just go to the chat GBT and put it in their homework. Yeah, just, just be like clear they've about, been using Chegg. That. That's it, or photo math. Or mm-hmm. any of these other ones where those, you can just take a picture of your problem and it shows you the steps. Right. And so, you know, when I see, and so for me, and so for me, it was 10 years ago when, you know, it was Desmos and, and you know, mm-hmm. and coming out where it was just like, well, no, you can put in the integral of whatever and it will tell you and Wolfram Alpha and all of them. And so I said, at, back then, a decade ago, I was like, I'm excited because this is supposed to push our hands about really talking about what math really is. And yet here mm-hmm. we are still doing inverse trick substitution. And I remember saying this because I was teaching inverse trick substitution. I was like, we will not need to be doing this in 10 years because we will have. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are still doing mm-hmm. inverse trick substitution mm-hmm. and rote methods and so now what happens when we give out, and this was still true now, I mean, even in proof classes, you can just type in the proof, you know, uh, math exchange or whatever, like they have great discussions about these things, but, you know, we have not responded appropriately to what, to the fact that the ways in which we were using markers of whether you were doing well in math have all been uh, automated. Absolutely. You can find any pr- yeah, so now what do we do? Now well, what I, do we I, do? I don't know yeah. that I have, um, you know, a, an answer that's going to No, I'm not asking you a question. This all, is to anybody listening. This yeah. is to everybody, right? MU at Minority Matt, like, what do we do now if all the things that we thought meant that you were doing well in math, we can get a computer to spit back mm-hmm. out at us? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm and, asking and you wanna, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think I want to acknowledge that there's been some you know, some thought about this. And and I seem to remember yeah. a, a year ago, maybe right at, you know, maybe at the end of 2020, actually, can't believe that that's two years ago. But I remember yeah. there was this, you know, entire conversation in social media about questions that some mathematicians were developing 
to replay sort of the traditional, here's a math question, answer the question. Right? Yes. That was much yes. more um, in dialogue with the student about the concepts and the tools and techniques that they learned, the proofs that they learned. So yes. that it really actually became much more communal in some sense, right? Mm-hmm, that that mm-hmm, it wasn't mm-hmm. just like you and the professor, that it's really just maybe more work on team yes. building and yes. presentations and skill development, programming, right? But again, like the, the chat GPT, you can tell it to program, you know, a function for right. parking right. functions and it'll spit them right out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's been some thought about this, but I, I think we need to collaborate with our math education researchers. Correct. Okay, like, come on, let's get our heads out of the sand thinking that the methods that we've been using, the methods under which we were taught are the things that we should continue to do in our classrooms. We are not serving our students well at yes. all. And, yes. and also, we're not serving the research community well when a machine can do in one minute what would take me seven months. Because well, aren't I, I- we concerned about optimization? Ah, so yes, 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 yes. I think this was tied to something else I was going to say that there's also like an ignoring of the fact that there's something that can do this when we should be embracing it. Yes, that's like, exactly like what I mean. There. Right. That's exactly right. what I mean. I mean, yeah. and and with the explosion of, of the computational power that we have access to now, yes. Yes. we are well suited to solve problems that we could have only imagined in the past. And so for me, I'm having this like really hard ethical dilemma because I understand that the AI, you know, like, for example, the the one that recreates artwork. Have you seen Mm -hmm. this one online? A little bit. Yeah. So, you know, you you go in and you put in, I think, a picture or two of you and then the machine will basically steal the style of art that it finds online and recreate paintings or caricatures with your face. And so there's a lot of concern there because there is, you know, a theft of the talent of artists without citation, without credit, without financial Mm -hmm, gain, mm -hmm. you know, because you're Mm -hmm, paying mm -hmm. to get this artwork in in some of the platforms. And so, okay, of course, that is of concern. And a similar thing is happening when I ask the, you know, this chat GPT to to print out a proof of something, you know, somebody... A human yes. body yes. created this content, put it online, and the machine is learning from all of this. And and so it's I'm having a challenge to to see how we utilize it really for good. And I think we're just not having enough conversations about the ethics yeah. behind all of this. Absolutely and right. There's a moment and an opportunity for us both to have conversations about the ethics while also thinking about how we can use this for better, you know, learning for yes. advancing yes. the science. Yes. And so yes. how do we come together? Like, where is that space? Is it JMM? Are we going to be all at lunch talking about this chat GPT yes. and how we're going to try right. to, you know, rather than being upset about it, just understanding that this thing exists and how do we use it to our benefit? And so just like yeah. one quick example that comes to mind, having gone to this conference, you know, we came into this conference with the math educators and said, here's some proofs that I really like. And yeah. they're, you know, we're, we dissected them. And so part of what I'm thinking, I'm like, my God, this is amazing. I can do what we just did at this workshop with my students in the spring. And I say, hey, let's tell it to prove the, you know, the first fundamental, the fundamental theorem of algebra or something. Just right. put something in yeah. here and let's dissect that proof. And let's look at, you know, how the pieces fit. Does it flow? Do we yes. believe the machine? You know what I mean? Right. And so it's almost right, like right, a, right. 
let's let's convince ourselves that this thing is doing the thing that we think it does because it's yes. checking. Yes. Right. No. And, and there's a lot of learning opportunities there, too. I mean, this, but this this getting, you know, welcoming technology is not a new thing. Right. I mean, in right. a sense, this is a 20, 30, 40 year old problem where even with the calculator, when mm-hmm. are we supposed to use it? When are we not supposed to use it? Right. Can we use it to add fractions or whatever? Right. Like it's yeah. Are we supposed to know how to do frac- like it, all of that? Right. Um, and then, yeah, we just haven't had enough conversations, enough dialogue to understand, to come to a consensus about where it fits, right? Yes. And so um, even as I mentioned at the conference board of the mathematical sciences, one of the elements was technology and where it fits. And there was a lot of disagreement. There was a lot of disagreement mm-hmm. on how technology fits into what we're doing. It feels like we're not going to have a choice, that we're going to have to confront the technology question as a discipline or else it's, yeah, it, we're going to be fractured again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So, no, I think you're yes. right. The The other thing that I'm struggling with, you know, in, in terms of having this, this access to this AI, and really the question is about access, because I think some of the conversations I've seen sort of, you know, taking off on social media is, oh, here we go again. The students are going to use this and they're going to cheat in the same way that they use Chegg, in the same way that they use Math Exchange, in the same way that they use Photomath. And so then we go into this narrative of like, here we go again. We have to mitigate all of these problems. Um, And then the the thing that We have to be the wardens and police officers. Yes, Yes, exactly. Exactly. We're back to being the police. And, And the thing that bothers me, aside from like the obvious, is that... Can we, can we be real for a second and just talk about mm. the fact that there's been people in our, in our classes, in our institutions who have access to money. And yeah. they have been able to, for a very long time, to pay for private tutors, to pay mm. for ACT, SAT training. To, yeah, right, to have the prep, to go to the private school rather than the public school, you know, to have their PhD parents, you know, read their essays for admission into college, to have yeah. them meet the coach, right? Yes, like, yes, there yes. has been, based on wealth, and we know yes. what that translates to when we look at ethnic background, yeah. There has been an access to all of these kinds of resources for a very long time. Yes. Students paying for essays from other companies, mm, right? That mm, has mm. that's how it has existed. And yeah. there's been people that have been getting ahead without doing the work. Yes. Right? Or having yes, yes, access yes. to ways in which you would facilitate yes. getting the information needed to be successful. Yes. And so part of me. It's almost like, is this it? Is this the way that we level the playing field? Level. Now, yes, yes, yes. every student who for, for whom English is their second language can go into the chat GPT and be like, can you give me uh, the way to write this sentence? And then it might yes. edit it for them in the better, you know, the, with the correct grammar. I can hear right, right, right. But the grammar, right? Just like the mathematicians, but the, but the rigor. Um, right. And so I, I'm just wondering if, if that's what's going to happen. Well, no, and you, you're just helping me. And you, with a lot of what you said today, you're really helping me with this because the tool is going to be used in, the way, in a way that reflects who we are as people, mm-hmm. right? And so if we decide that the tool is going to be something for good, 
if we just, right? And this is why we have to have the conversation because, I mean, this is why I'm thinking that we need an emergency JMM session about chat mm-hmm. GBT. What do we do? Right? What like, do do? yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we do with this? Like, because, and I'm excited because it's early enough Mm-hmm. that we can have real conversations and put out a statement or say, here's what we're thinking about technology or whatever. Because, yeah, uh, it threatens the discipline if we don't deal with it the appropriate way. And the emphasis is on we. Because the yeah. tools is sitting there. Like, it's it's not doing anything. It's about what we do with it and how we, quote, police it and what we think about it and how we, yeah. But it's going to require us to, I think, create, counter narratives to our immediate reaction about how this is bad and how this could be terrible because it's not going away. It and we know how ca- we know how capitalism works. You know someone else is working on a copy of ChatGPT that's going to be proprietary. We know that someone mm. else is working on it. Like yeah, no, the copycats will come. It is the nature of how capitalism works when a good idea shows up, right? Like right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're about to yeah. be flooded with these things and what are we going to mm. do? Yeah. And and uh, it's also making me think about <clears throat> how is this going to affect, you know, our community of black and brown folks? And immediately I had this like, oh, shudder feeling of mm. some folks going into this AI and asking it to write a diversity statement. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Yeah, no, that's right. Because it's one of the big problems. Yeah, people are going to, mm-hmm. that's also one of the big problems, right? Uh, just putting it in and it looks like you did this, right? I'm, I'm not even going to answer that question. <laughs> okay. No, no, I'm yes, just saying you yes, did this absolutely. to see what it went right back. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and it is terrifying because for me, it was like, oh yeah, this is just surface. You just heard some talk about why diversity matters and you just said all the words, but there's literally no evidence. Zero yes. evidence. Zero, zero evidence that this person actually has done anything. And so part of what I am troubled with is imagining these hiring committees, of which I've served on many, who get the Chad GPT version of the diversity statement and say, wow, that's great. Check. They submitted the file. Good to go. On to what really matters. Yes. Yes, yes, Because they cannot tell. They cannot tell, Eris that this is a AI-generated diversity statement. <laughs> no, I, I shouldn't be laughing. I should be crying. But yeah, no, no, that's right. That's right. Well, I mean, again, I, I, my MU at minoritymath.org is the email address. I, I'm i looking at the judges. I, I blame the judges. I blame the people. And I get it, as we said so many times, that we're in a new era in our discipline where we now have to be paying attention to this part that was non-existent. And I'm going to honor the fact that I'm I'm still relatively young in this discipline, that there are people who are making these decisions who've been in the discipline for 20, 30, 40 years who mm-hmm. now are hiring people and they have this new sheet of paper that they have to read about diversity mm-hmm. and they have to count that now and they never had to do that before. And how do you do that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, and particularly if you don't know how to do it, then that means that you're not even going to give it any attention anyway because you're just like, I don't know how to do that. So I've been doing this for a long time. I already know how to do this, all of that stuff, right? But I I have a critical eye towards the people who decide, right? I mean, when you Mm -hmm. look at a diversity statement, what are the benchmarks for a good one and for a bad one? And whatever they are, they're supposed to be good enough 
this must be rigorous enough, no pun intended, the irony, I guess, <laughs> that you're supposed to distinguish it from a real person in the chat GPI. Mm. Yeah. And if you can't do that, I mean, yeah, if if, if the chat GPI could get higher, if you're oh going to hire the chat GPI, yeah, then then you got problems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. If yes. this AI is who yes. gets hired, my gosh, we're in trouble. And by the way, while we're here, let me let me just be clear about this, that and again, we talked about some people who were coming through who may have not had any DEI work experience. I, mm-hmm. I want to be clear that, and listen to me here, people, that if you are about to write your diversity statement and you say that you, I mean, and you feel like you have not had some DEI work, then I am going to challenge you to just go to the neighborhood library and start tutoring some of our people. Mm. So doing DEI work is not boilerplate. That's right. right? Like, yeah. And so I, I just, so if somebody says to me that, oh, I haven't done anything, then I'm really like, ain't that your fault? Mm-hmm. Because what that means is that you think that means you have to do something that gets a check mark, and it's not a check mark thing. It is what are you doing to increase participation in our discipline anywhere, anyhow, it, like, yeah, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, we're talking about actually, we're not just talking about reading our book, right? Like, right. We're, we're, talk- yeah, we're just talking about what, so, and you know why? Because if it's meaningful, then it compels you to get up off your ass and to do something, no yeah. matter how small it is, right? So that that means, and so I bring this up only because to the judges, if you, oh my God, if you read some shit and they haven't done anything. 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 Nothing outside of like, oh, I read this. I went to this talk. Then yes, th- that's the marker. And to the people who want to apply You've got to get some experiences and you can create them. And and the reason I know this is because as I've been giving these talks and and consulting, I go into these school districts and people need math teachers. Yes. Right. And so your math expertise is needed everywhere, particularly in the hood, particularly Mm -hmm. in marginalized communities. Don't. So stop acting like you can't somehow contribute. Right. So I'm so in a, in a lot of ways, our math expertise is in need everywhere, yes. period. Yeah. You know, now and I hope you all know that. And so the question is, how can we make this world better using that? That's all we're asking. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. But it, this brings me to a second point of conversation, which is. You know, when when a graduate student goes to graduate school, I imagine yeah. that they're going because they love the math, first yes. and foremost. They better. And now we're asking them, okay, well, if you want to stay in this profession, these are things that we value as a community. Mm. So much so mm-hmm. that now we're asking you to include a diversity statement in yeah. your research and teaching packet. And mm-hmm. And the thing is that then these schools are not giving students those opportunities or that training, right? So there's like a lot yeah, to be said right. in that direction. But I also am hearing about, you know, this this thing that's happening and maybe it's old and I've just I'm old and I hadn't heard about it. But this whole Mm -hmm. like quiet quitting phenomena that's happening out in the world. And, I'm and you know, this sort of idea that you just kind of go through the motions, you satisfy the job description, 
you know, you you do the checking of the boxes of what things are yeah. expected of you and no more. Yeah. Um, yes. And then you go home and you have your life. And yes. so I guess it got me to think about, you know, is this happening at the graduate level, at the, you know, at the postdoc, at the early career? Like, is this happening in academia? Are we quiet quitting? Yes. No. I mean, it's for me. I think it's hard to know. And only because lots of times the the discipline is so individualistic. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and may, maybe again, like you were saying earlier, maybe I maybe this is just me and I don't notice what my colleagues are doing. But I mean, I don't see a lot of my colleagues that often. I mean, we're often yeah. just passing in the hallway. So I have no idea whether that person's mailing it in or not. That person doesn't know mm-hmm. whether I'm mailing it. Like, I, like, there's no way for me to know, to look across and say, oh, that my colleague's quite quitting. Like, I would have no idea, right? As opposed to, like, some, a situation in which there's oversight and someone's, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you got, you got someone looking at you and say, okay, well, it looks like you're just doing the minimum. I have no, mm-hmm. I, so colleague to colleague, I have no clue. Maybe someone, a dean can look or a department head can look and say, oh, you're just checking the check boxes and nothing more. Like, I, it, it's, it might be easier to quiet quit in academia. Wow. Right? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, yeah because cause when, quote, you have tenure, right, then... Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> you're, right, yeah, you're, yeah. you're on the track to retirement at that point. Right, yeah, no, I just, <laughs> you could be. Like, yeah, I just, yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I see, I'm worried, so I'm worried some people are going to listen to this and play this when they try to abolish tenure. Yeah, but uh-huh, like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, but yeah, no, no, it's no, just... It's, no, certainly, it, it just got me to thinking about, you know, really, what is the job description of a mathematician? Oh, my God, the scope of work. We got to come back to that. And I think we should have an entire, like, session on this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too late. The, the JMM session stuff is probably deadlines have passed. Already but set, we, I mean, yeah. we just got And maybe we just do it at the center. But we have to have a scope of work conference. Mm-hmm. about what it means, you know, for us to be doing our job and not doing our job because everyone wants something different. People think that the DEI stuff is extra. We mm-hmm. think it's central. Like, all of these things, right, are just, like, floating out there. And so, yeah, I mean, I, we've just been having some conversations where it's just like, well, are, is that, does that count? Does that not count? Is that your work, right? And other people say, well, it's whatever's on the tenure portfolio. Whatever boxes you have to check, that's your scope of work, right? But then after you do that, do you not have to do any more work? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's just so much stuff out there that we just need to be clear about what we want. So, yeah, th- this is really interesting to me. As as you're talking, it's making me think about the fact that if if my job is the things that go into my, my proof portfolio, and if some people think, you know, oh, yeah, DEI is part of the work, and then for other people, DEI is not part of the work— so are we saying that the scope of work is indiv- it basis, uh, it's based on the individual? Like, so on you're the institution. Telling me, on the institution. No, but I, but I think there's even more, more to that, more to that, Eris. And I think mm, I, I haven't mm. quite unpacked it. And so I'm excited to have this kind of, you know, just brainstorming um, conversation yeah. about it. But I, I don't think that it is solely on the institution. I really do think that it is there are additional things that are expected of people of color that are not expected yes. of my white colleagues. Correct. And that is not indicated anywhere on any document in any offer whatsoever. But there are these yeah. unwritten expectations when I show up to a job versus somebody else. Yes. 
Yes, and, yes, yes. And I've yes. actually had a conversation to this effect before, right? I've yes. been at institutions where they say, well, we hired you and you're diverse and, well, we need you to do X, Y, and Z. Yes, yes. And I'm like, I'm sorry. In my contract, it doesn't say anything like so that. It great. says I'm a faculty member. This is good. It doesn't so say he, you're yes. a black and brown Latina who's an immigrant, yes. right? It doesn't say all of this. And so you're responsible to mentor this and write the DEI yes. statements and X, Y, and Z. Yes. So the contract yes. I get and the contract that, you know, Johnny Smith gets yes. are the same. Let, but let why is my scope then. of work different? No, that, this is good. Okay, so, I, so suppose you're a dean. And this is going to happen to you. This is good. Suppose you're a dean. And you're sitting there or a department head and you get a phone call, okay? Mm -hmm. You get a phone call from your higher up and the phone call says, I got a donor who's coming or I've got this important thing happening and we need a faculty member who is, you know, who has expertise and work and doing something in this area and it's diversity tied. Now, they look at their faculty and they're looking for the best person to do this. Just like they were call, if somebody else were to call and say, oh, I need a number theorist, I need whatever, they would mm -hmm. call somebody out, right? But if, but if you have demonstrated, you, you have half a dozen books out, right, about mm -hmm. this already, mm -hmm. right? And so they're going to call you. Mm -hmm. They're going to call you. And, but then you, are you saying that, oh, but wait, this is not in my scope of work. You're making me do extra work. You're making me, right? So I'm trying to find the balance between... You, if, if we have demonstrated expertise in something and then mm -hmm. when our department head says, well, let me come to you because you have expertise in it. And then our response is, but wait, you're making me do extra work. Like, what is this about? Like, yeah, no, no. And I'm struggling. That's exactly what I'm saying yes. to you. Yeah. That I'm struggling yeah. because I also don't think that the pay that I'm getting is reflective of that. Yes. The pay, the pay that I'm getting is not reflective of all of these additional things that I do, most of yes. which I do during my free time. Because yes. let me say that I'm doing that not instead of my research. I'm right. not doing that instead of my teaching. I am doing yeah. that on top of everything else. And yes. so I think there's also this, this opportunity for us to really redefine then what, yeah. what we hire people for. Like, yes. like, and I'm not saying... Don't ask me because you know I'm going to do it. Like you already course, know I don't know how to say no. Although the, the I, I should tell you real quick that the chat GPT does some boss emails on how to say no. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Okay. So I apologize, fam out there, if you've invited me to something recently, but you got an AI generated email. <laughs> but you know what, I, what I'm saying here is that I think we just need to be clear with what the expectations are for people. And I think this leads to an issue in retention as well, right? We mm, talk about mm, trying mm. to recruit faculty over and over and over again. And, yes. and then we don't think enough about this retention piece. And all I'm saying is that there are things that, yes, I have expertise based on my lived experiences and the work that I've done in DEI to help yeah. with that aspect of the job. But I, if I'm doing that on top of everything else, then there is a sense yes. of inequity happening yes. at, at that yes. level, right? That yeah. my my value, my right. value as a faculty member is pegged in certain areas and not others, even though I right. am an expert in all of them. Correct, 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 correct. No, it is interesting how you say, because the words additional and on top of already belie the fact that there was already a standard of what counts as your scope of work. Yes. That someone else decided and that you are doing, given yes. that you are still doing this other stuff and it's not right. being counted as the same. That's right. 
That's right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And so, as you've been saying many times, we need to reevaluate what counts. We have to reevaluate. That's right. Yeah, and that's, that goes across the board to everybody needs to reevaluate what counts. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, right. and 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 it's also making me think about you know so we get a lot of feedback from folks and and one of the pieces of feedback we've recently gotten information on is this idea you know and you and I have been very loud and clear about making sure that when folks out in the math community invite a person of color to to come and do all these DEI work again yeah very likely outside of the scope of our usual work. These are consulting things. So, you know, offer people an honorarium, offer people to bring them up as part of the grant, right? And there's been wonderful, wonderful people who are doing that and leading the way in showing how to really make us feel valuable, both in, you know, paying us for our time, but also providing us with opportunities to further develop, to further connect, to have a larger reach, all of that. So I just want to say, Huge shout out to all the people that are doing that work. Um, Super, super appreciated. And here's some of the feedback that we got on the other side, which is for our people, that we have some of our people out here charging, you know, incredibly high speaking fees Mm. to come out and give a math colloquia or to give Mm. a math seminar in their area of research. And maybe they're graduate students, right? Maybe they haven't finished their degree and maybe they did an REU and now, yeah. you know, somebody's inviting them to come to give a seminar on the, you know, research they did that summer and that the mm. students are like, that's great. But Eris and Pamela told me that, mm. you know, I need to value myself and yes. ask for an honorarium. Yes, yes, yes. And my honorarium oh, no. is $1,800. Yes, 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 yes. No. So and what I, do you say, Eris? No, this is good. So first of all, let me address the Eris and Pamela said. Now, you know, we said a lot of shit on this show. Let me just be clear about that. <laughs> And so one of the things that I, I have learned from Michael, I've learned so many things from Michael, but it, it, it is about, as we said, this, you need a tribe of mentors. Mm-hmm. So I, I, there, there should never be a moment in which you say, Arison Pamela said this, so I'm going to go do this, right? Mm-hmm. Arison Pamela may be one small element of the six or seven people you talk to before mm-hmm. you decide how to move forward in the discipline. Let's just be clear mm-hmm. about that. And then the second thing, of course, is that, of course, there's a balance you know, when, when we talked about, so let, let me step all the way back. I, you know, we come from a people, let me step even further back. You know, I've been reading about with my daughter, Esperanza Rising. Mm-hmm. And it's this book about um, some Mexican immigrants who come to the country. And it, it's a fantastic book. And I was, I got some education that I didn't get when I was younger about the influence of Mexicans and Mexican-Americans in this country. And that's in part because, you know, in D.C., I was in a school Mm -hmm. that really needed to uplift the Black experience so that we could have any sense of self-esteem. And so getting an idea of how Mexicans built this country and how Mm Mexican-Americans built this country was transformative to me. And so, you know, I I, I bring this up only because, you know, I, I think... Being paid for your work is so important for populations that have been exploited in this country for their work, mm. right? And so for me, when you, whenever you've heard me very, very clearly say, be paid for your work, it comes from that tradition that people of color have been exploited in this country for their work for so long. Mm-hmm. End of story, right? And, and, right, I think that we need to find a balance between what is our scope of work and what it's not, because I think it's tied to that. And I want to be transparent that when I say 
when I get paid for all these things, they are, it's literally out of the scope of work of Georgia yes. Community College. Like, That's right. Like, I don't have to give a talk. I don't have to do it. I don't have to go anywhere. I just need to sit my ass and teach all day long, right? Mm-hmm. And be on committees and stuff there, right? And so there's this balance because if you are in a, a culture and in a space of mathematics where the responsibilities are tied to you giving talks and going out and spreading the information of stuff that you created on your own, right? And it's, it's just part of the discipline culture to do that. Then one would have to ask, well, why is it that you would be asking for $1,800, right? Because mm-hmm. there, there, there's something about, again, it's the extra piece that we're talking yes. about. And the extra piece, the on top of piece is again tied to, well, what is the normal? And that's back to mm-hmm. the scope of work again. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, it's a tension because, again, yeah, it's always this tension. Don't be exploited. Right. But also be, be in your discipline the way that the discipline works. Right. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah. And I think this goes back to, to a lack of good mentoring, right? This mm. goes back to that. I mean, you, you alluded to it by saying, you know, you need your mentoring community. But yes. what do those mentors say? Right. Because yes. you could have you could have, you know, what I might just call a yes committee. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Ask oh, for 1800. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. That's fine. That's fine. Yes, yes, Correct. yes. And Correct. so that's not the a good mentoring team. If you're going to yes. be getting the that's response that you're looking to get. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. No, we haven't had a chance to really think about because I think that what uh, at least when I speak about this with Michael, we never dove into what that mentoring committee looks like, because I think the assumption was that if you pick enough different people, you'll get enough different voices all automatically. But you help me with, if you're getting, if you're getting all yeses, then that's also a sign, right? It like, so, so that your mentoring committee has to provide you enough diversity of opinions exactly. so that you can, yes, yeah, no, that's helpful. That's really helpful. Yeah, because I mean, you know, it's so easy to, and then also you pick and choose, right? Like sometimes when I go to my mentors, I I know if I go to mentor A, they're going to tell me this is a fantastic idea. Yes. But I know that I better not tell Michael that I'm about to do this other (laughs) dumb thing because he's going to be like, "Um, why are you doing that? And then I'm going to have to be like, because I want to. And he's going to be like, how does it serve you well in your goals? And I'm going to be like, "Um, it doesn't. So why are you going to do it? Because I want to. So again, yes. so then what I do is I pick and choose. I just won't go yes. to Michael. Got it. I, I'm Got sad it. he's no. going to listen to this. No, he's that's good. Be like, what you're telling you? the truth. You're telling the truth. <laughs> right? That's and it. So, that's so that's it. part of, I think, also growth that needs to happen when you're a mentee and a young person. To, to be willing enough to seek enough information to really understand that there might be potential damage that comes from some of the things that we do at that stage. And and so I yes. think this is where we need to really dig deep, right? So why did we get this feedback about some of our young folks out in the community who haven't yet maybe finished their PhD or who are very, very early career and trying to put sort of a, a mark that this is work that they do, that this is, you know, expertise that they're developing, like all of this. Yes. But they go out there and ask for what a what to some may seem like just an incredibly ridiculous amount of money to come and give yeah. a talk that they believe is in line with what their job already pays them to do. Yes, yes, So right. here's the damage that was brought to us. That then, you know, when people sit on committees and somebody says, oh, you should invite, you know, Juanita to give this talk. Somebody in the committee says, we did invite Juanita to give this talk and she wanted $1,800 and we don't have $1,800. Yeah. Yes. So then all of a sudden, Juanita is never going to get invited again. 
because mm, Juanita mm. charges $1,800. And now let's yeah. be real. Maybe Juanita was charging $1,800 because it was one of the Ivy Leagues trying to get her to come over here and talk about Juanita's pain yes, and mentor yes, yes, yes. their students for the next yes. three years, right? And it was $1,800. Whereas the other school that wanted to invite Juanita was, you know, I don't know, the technical college down in yes. Chicago or something yes. like this, yes, for yes, which yes. Juanita... Would be like, I'm down for the cause. I'm going to show up just like if it was the library to tutor my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. the that's that's sort of the damage, right? That there's it's really hard to sort of navigate these spaces where navigate you, is the right word. Yeah, you you believe that this is outside of the scope of your work, that your institution is not paying you to go give out your life talk or your life journey or your yeah. mentoring experiences, lessons learned, right? That that you're doing the sort of additional thing. You yeah. believe that deep in your soul. But other people maybe in the community don't see it that way because that's part of their scope of work at their institution. Yes, 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 yes. Right. And right, and right, what right. happens when all of a sudden these opportunities start being withdrawn, not only from Juanita, because right. maybe next time they're oh, not yes. going to invite Pamela. Yes, yes. You know what I yes. mean? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. No, so, because we're back again to something that marginalized people and people of color have to deal with about the grouping that, yeah, we just get grouped. If one of us does something, then it impacts all of us in lots of ways. And again, this balance between when do I get to just be an individual? Oh, my God. When Ooh. do I just get to be an individual? And the answer is not very often. Not I very don't. Often. I don't I don't get to be an individual. I have to consistently be uh, a representative of people. Yeah. And that has its own challenges because maybe Juanita just wants to go ahead and charge because she wants to charge and she should have the right to do that. Right. But again, we're saying that that has some consequences in all sorts of ways. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's that's sort of the the thought that, you know, continues to sort of permeate my brain, which is I think folks have the right to ask for what they think is their worth based on their yes. time and the effort and the energy and also emotional labor that comes from some of these things. But also getting the right mentoring to understand and navigate a culture to which we're new. Yes. Yes, That's yes, yes. the part that I guess I go back on and I feel really terrible that there are students who are, you know, st standing up for what they believe is rightly their worth yeah. and that yeah. we would say to them, that anybody would say to them, oh, you're not worth that and mm. we're never going to invite you again. Right. And... We're never going to invite another black or brown person because they're all going to, if you, if Juanita wants $1,800, what is so-and-so going to want? And so all right. of a sudden that, that again, yeah, that we're just extrapolating from one person to, to yeah. the whole community and withholding opportunities to other people based on that one interaction is, yeah. is literally very No, and that's a critical eye. Of course, that's a critical eye to the judges, again, to the people who get to be, do the picking and the inviting. Yeah, that those people need to be held accountable for this type of nonsense, too. Again, this is why navigating is such, a, is such an important word, because we have to navigate that nonsense and we have to call that nonsense into question. Right. Like we have to do both because the nonsense doesn't leave overnight. So it's still mm -hmm. here. And we have to figure out, you know, that we have to get around this. And that means sometimes we won't ask for something. Right. But also, we have to go to the nonsense and say, look, that's, this is bullshit. You have to change this, right? What, yeah. Juanita does not represent everybody, right? We that's have to right. do both. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the other thing that I also think we need to discuss is, you know, this idea that, it is, is it ever possible to just 
just say no instead, right? Because, and I say this because I know there are folks in the math community who are tapped to do so much service work, to give so much feedback, to do, 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 da, 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 all to no end. Yes. Where they are very clearly, very clearly brilliant mathematicians whose job is about the mathematics. And they have never gone out here writing DEI books like you and I have, right? They don't run a podcast about DEI topics. They don't do consulting work on DEI. But because of their demographics, they continue to be asked to do all of this work. And there are times where these folks will just say, my speaking fee is $15,000. And they say that because they're like, leave me the hell alone. Yes, they use that as a way. Like, don't bring me over here to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. That's not what I do. I do math. Right. And so, so I think part of also what I'm hearing from, you know, like this feedback that we're getting is, is that person causing damage? Do we now believe that Mm. person to be causing damage? Mm. Is it possible Mm. that, you know, and this is sort of something that we were, you know, thinking about in the production meeting, like, yeah. Are we even allowed yeah. to say no? Like, yeah, you know, how we say we're, no, yes. How we say yes, no yes, can yes. matter, but the expectation <sighs> is that we're supposed to just do this work because we got to where we are and we right. have to be the ones that fix all of the challenges that were yes. faced in front of us. Yes. And yes. so there's there's just so much here. And I think I, I just want to just reiterate that it cannot be that somebody younger, somebody who you might think that they're not worth the $1,800 that they asked for this thing. It cannot be that you then begin to withhold opportunities from other people. Correct, correct. I think you can just say to them, oh, thank you, that's outside of our budget. Yes, yes. We will keep you in mind for next time. And then you move on to the next person. Yes, correct. But again, also then to the young folks. Young folks, you out here trying to make a mark in the world, sometimes you're going to have to give a lot of free talks. Let's just get real especially when they're about your math. Right. Because the math talks that you get invited to give are about the scope of work that is very clearly in line with what you're paid for. That math talk, you don't get paid for that math talk. Your dissertation defense, you don't get paid for your dissertation defense. That would be ridiculous. That's part of your job. And it's part of the stuff that connects you with other opportunities that may very likely be outside of the scope of your work. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So so I just want to be very, very clear on this. So if you're, you know, you're a graduate student, you're, you know, a postdoc, you know, you're an early career faculty member and somebody's like, you prove this sweet ass theorem. Oh, my goodness. Can you come? We're going to pay your travel. We're going to pay your lodging. You know, our seminar gives a tiny little honorariums like 50 bucks. Yeah. Okay. You have a decision to make. You have a decision to make whether that is a place where you might find a future job. Yes. Whether that is a place where you might find a future collaborator. You might think, is this a place where I might find a future mentor, a future sponsor? Could that invitation lead to another invitation? Yes, Yes, exactly. Is this this an investment that I'm going to make in time? Where I may not gain financially, but I may gain future opportunities. Correct. So, having said that, what I don't want folks to end up interpreting that as is that when you do invite a young person who's at a stage in their career, you know, who who needs to shine because the math that they're doing is just so innovative and wonderful, I don't want you to then say to them, oh, and while you're here, after they say yes, 
Then yes. you say, oh, and while you're here, can you please serve on this panel on the AWM right. so that you can tell students how to make it because you made it? And then also while you're here, can you please talk to our faculty oh, yes. about how they might mentor underrepresented students? Oh, and while you're here, can you please have breakfast with the junior faculty about how you landed this awesome or the postdocs, how you landed this awesome tenure yes. track position? Oh, and while you're here. Like, mm. don't do that, yo. That is outside of the scope of what they said that they would do when they agreed to come to visit you. Yes. And therefore... And that's, and yes. that's pay where them you pay them. Yes. That's where you pay them. Yes. Because yes, yes, yes. here's the thing. The default, the default that happens is that when you say yes to a seminar, immediately everybody hears you're coming to campus. Oh. And all of a sudden, everybody wants your time. But maybe this person that you invited to campus, maybe they had plans. Maybe they want to meet with mm. the algebraist in your in your department to talk about their paper that they read, right? Maybe they have other ideas of what they would like to do when they're visiting. And so at some point, I think it's become, you know, in, in some folks' experience that when you're hosted, you somehow owe them all mm. of your time. You yes. know, and sometimes yeah. folks, folks are still teaching. Sometimes, yes. you know, people, yeah. I've, I've had people come and visit me. And then I'm like, I have nothing planned other than your seminar. If you need, here's an office. Like, I'm happy right. to chat. Here's my availability. If there's somebody in the department you want me to connect you with, like, cool. But I don't, I don't bring anybody here. And I'm like, by the way, you're meeting with the math club, the, 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 yes, the yes, AWM, yes. the, 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 unless I got money to pay them. Right. Because I brought right. them here to talk to me about their math. And so I think that's just the distinction I want to make very clear. And and in in Juanita's defense, Juanita's probably experienced that when she gets invited to give the seminar talk that she yeah, said yes right. to, they added everything else. Uh, and so Juanita right, yes. is like, yo, you're going to ask me to do everything else. It's $1,800. Yes, yes. So yes, just yes, be yes. clear. Scope of work is important ahead of time. Yeah, and the clarity of it. Absolutely right. Absolutely correct. Love it, love it, love it. I wanted oh, yeah. to bring up Claudine Gay being mm -hmm. named the 30th president of mm -hmm. Harvard University. Yes. And yes, and it's it's you know, I I am I've been on a voyage the last few years to get off the drug that is white supremacy. Mm. Right. And and to not <laughs> and to not, you know, want and, and to get off the prestige of Harvard and MIT and all of that, right? I, but there's still something striking as I look now at her face and it says Harvard names Claudine Gay 30th president and the sea yes. of a black woman there. It is just it is there's yes. nothing like it. And it, it inspires me. It makes me, you know, excited about your voyage, as Marion Dingle mentioned on Twitter about, you know, linking your name to this mm -hmm. uh, and the possibilities. And when I think about this year and I think about Judge Kazanji joining the Supreme Court and, mm -hmm. you know, having little black girls say that, you know, because of today, so many things open up for me in terms of the possibilities. Yes. Right. And so I couldn't go, you know, this episode without just mentioning that and what it meant to me to just see mm -hmm. that and what it might mean for so many different people at Harvard and across the nation. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's super powerful to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Announcements? We have a few. So let's see. The AWM Mathematical Endeavors Program, the deadline is coming up. So that's January 15th. So people should absolutely apply for this funding. The AWM yes. is trying to give some awards out to support folks who might have been, you know, cut off from their math community, from their math endeavors, 
Mm. while this pandemic just has been lingering forever. So there's money to travel to visit your collaborators. You might need some funding for childcare, or you might just want to go away for a weekend to sit somewhere, you know, away from everything to do some math. And so please, please, please make sure that you apply for those funds. Um, More uh, recent or coming up sooner is the JMM storytelling event. So that's January 5th. Looking forward to that. So yes, yes, yes. I'm super excited to You're hosting. Be, you know, hosting the event. Yes. Terrified. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, what are you I'm, terrified I'm, about? I might throw in a story. Oh, I, that's what um, I'm coming for. Yeah. No, oh my gosh. Great. No, no, no. And I'm so just thankful to the folks who are, are going to come and tell their stories. It's really <sighs> going to be a fun event. So please come hang out with us at JMM on the 5th. And then we also have this uh, Seismic Scholars Opportunity. So we'll put it up on the webpage, but it's a, basically a remote summer research internship. So let me say that again, remote. So if you are mm. bound location-wise, this might be a really good internship connecting undergraduates to those people who are developing some educational tools for doing some research on how to enhance equity and inclusion in STEM. So that's going to be really cool. Check that out. And I think that's that's basically what we have for announcements. Do you and have that any? Deadline is January twenty seventh. Oh, thank you. Yes, January twenty seventh. Yeah. Do you have any five uh, percent to close oh, out I'm the year? I'm going to try. I mean, I'm going to try and relax. Oh, I'm going to that's, try. That's like hundred percent. Are you going to get? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to try and relax. Different. No. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. So I'm going to try and do that. Yeah, I have a bunch of stuff that I still need to do. I got some stuff to do for the proof stuff. But like, mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, I'm going to try and relax and enjoy my family. Oh my so, God, amazing. Yeah. I think I'm just going to copy you. End out the year by trying yes. to, you know, imitate the the person that I look up to the most. You know, I get mm. to spend so many weeks and hours talking to you. And I just want to say, you know, to close out this year that I'm just going to try to follow suit. And, no, you know, well, relax a little. That. So thank you. Yes, yes, yes. No, thank you. And and what a privilege we have to be able mm. to just do that. And let's just be clear Absolutely. about that. And yeah. to the audience, oh my goodness, thank you all for this year and your contributions and your writing us and seeing us in person and, mm-hmm. and uplifting us and telling us, you know, how much we mean to you. You mean so much to us. And yes. thank you uh, for listening And however you can for the rest of this year, uh, take some time to look at the people around you, be grateful for them and the love they give to you and continue to spread love to as many people as you can. Yeah. And and if nothing else, let's make sure that you also find some time to rest and relax because we will need you next year. Surely for all the new fights that lay in front of us. So yeah, thanks. Thanks, dear listener. Who are you? I am Pamela Harris. And I am Eris Winger, and you've been listening to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex. But never discreet. Let's get it. Thank you, people. Bye.